Welcome to the Pursuit of Prosperity podcast. Today I have Ike Bams with me and John Williams. They're from Blue Lofts and they are doing something super cool. I think these guys might have like a crystal ball or something. So you might want to might want to hit them up for any like future investments. They knew to start figuring out how to convert office into multifamily like three, four years before COVID. Like these guys were able to see straight into the future. So we're going to pick their brains today and see how they're able to see that change coming. So welcome, guys. Thanks so much for coming. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm going to fill you guys in a little bit. So back in 2017, we did a, actually a pretty substantial amount of business together. I and mean, we probably made, I don't know, close to like a million dollars together. That was a good little run there. That was, that was fun. Hustle. That was fun in 2017. <laughs> so I'll explain what they were doing. So they, you guys were um, going to single family like portfolio owners. And you're saying, hey, 1031 your money into these uh, multifamily deals you guys are working on. Yeah. And then they would kick me the portfolio to then sell wholesale out to other investors. And uh, we just split the deals and we probably made like a million bucks together doing that. It was, that was it was actually crazy. a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a good run. Remember that deal in, uh, in Garland where you guys flipped out like in oh, man, less than yeah. a day. Yeah. Austin Good brought, bought that sucker. Yeah. And then he made, he didn't make fun of us, but he showed everyone how much money he's going to make on yeah. it. Like the next day. And we all were like, Oh <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, so tell me like you guys were doing that. You got to explain your blue lock thing first. Let's start there. Well, explain think, blue lock. I, I think we should start with how. Yeah. Yeah. Start there. Let's start there. So when, um, uh, freshly got my real estate license and then, um, a friend of mine gave me a brokerage where I, I could join because I wanted to join a commercial brokerage, right? Yeah. Instead of going to residential. Then I joined this boutique firm in Upton Dallas called Harvard Company where uh, the first day I remember Randall Turner was an old broker who was just alone in the office. Then uh, I saw a business card there on, on the front. of said, John Williams, multifamily investment specialist. <laughs> I remember uh -huh. that business card. Then I was like, wow, I want to be that. John was already in the game, just right, you know, selling multifamily, right? So then, and Randall was like, well, you know, it is what it is. You, know, you get a desk and a phone and go make some money, right? And then after that, we I met John at the Bible study because he was working from home. That's cool. Then I was like, yeah, I like your drive. He knew East Dallas like no one else. You know, I was like, hey, uh, uh, I, I'm really good at funding deals. Back then, I was just funding multi-family deals. He was doing a lot of land, uh, folks. Then we we decided to, uh, when I saw one of our client made twenty million dollar on a deal, just in no time. Twenty million on a 20 deal. Twenty million. He, he bought this seven hundred forty unit in in Fort Worth. Uh, 60% occupied, he filled a bunch of Section 8 government tenant into it, then he got to 90%, then he flipped that. He bought it for $20 million back then, he flipped that to like 40 or something. Then I was Eight, like, 700 I units want... For 20. That's yeah. That was less yeah. than a year. It was in less than, than a year. Wow. I was like, I want to be him. I wanted to do what this guy yep. is doing, just buying properties. This is a guy from LA. Then uh, I just started to start doing research, then... Um, uh, I pitched John. I was like, "Hey, I got the blueprint how we can start acquiring those multifamily properties." This is way before. Then we 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 created a company there to just talk, figure out a way to buy apartments. Mm -hmm. and, and this goes back ten years. Well, ten yeah, years. what year was Maybe, this? This is probably 2014. 14, yeah, something 14. like that. I think I started in yeah 12. So yeah, 2014. Cool. We yeah. started working together and try transacting properties together. He had yeah. buyers, I had sellers. And then over the years, we sort of started a company. 
mm -hmm. to buy properties ourselves. Yeah. And that was iPhone investments. That was yeah. iPhone investments. That's so the... So then I, re I remember when we, we created that company. So the, the problem is like we had deal, but we had no investors to syndicate. Yeah. Right? So because we like to think too big, it was like, let's create a fund because we see all those guys, right? They like to create fund. You know, part of the 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 fund requirement in America, there's a 5% allocation for minority where you can go after all those pension funds. They have bucket of capital sitting on the side. If you're a minority, you just come pitch to them and they're just mm -hmm. gonna allocate the capital to them. Then we created $30 million fund out of the blue. We started pitching all those pension funds. So we went to Chicago. Those guys was like, well, you guys, just pitching what all the big dogs are doing. You know, if we want to invest in an apartment, we're not gonna invest with you as a first time fund manager. We'll go to Blackstone, we'll go to the best. You gotta come with a new concept. Yeah. That no one is doing. So you guys got kicked in the teeth a little bit. They <laughs> said, go, go, go change your model, right? Yeah. So what'd now, you guys do? And that was a lengthy process just to get there. We had yeah. 23 yeah, sure. uh, uh, panelists or press conference style. We had like over a hundred people behind just sort of asking questions. We had a lot of cameras. And, yeah. and so the questions were just piercing through us. Yeah. It's, it's if you were gonna do it, compete with Blackstones that's been around for you know decades um, into doing the same concept, you know, wh why fund that, right? So that's sort of when we came back to We to went reality, to the drawing board. To, to come back to Dallas, we flew back to Dallas from Chicago. And, and then when we started doing research, right, then we had a lot of options, mobile home, all everything, right? When, then, when was this? 16? 16. Yeah. Right before then, I met you guys. I met you guys like probably January, February 2017. That's, yeah. That sounds right. So then Renaissance Tower came on the market, big building in Dallas. That building was like 60% occupied. Then I just saw this beautiful building, but I know close to the street people killing each other for apartment. Back then to buy apartment, you need a million dollar no refundable day one. It got 20, 30 offers on yeah. the spot. The sellers, it's a seller's market. They're really calling the shot. Then I was like, man, how can we just take advantage of all that beautiful building to make it into the apartment? Then Blue Loft was born. That's so cool. Yeah. I like it. So, so tell me what Blue Lofts is doing now and like explain to everyone what how you guys work. I can explain it, but I'll butcher it. So sure. So we're fully focused on converting office buildings into apartment communities. Mm -hmm. So it's a full live, work and play community. It's like a vertical subdivision that we're trying to create inside of downtown markets. So right now we're in four different markets. Texas, of course, we're from Dallas. So uh, we have properties in Fort Worth and Dallas, but then we're also in Atlanta, Georgia, Cleveland, Columbus, uh, yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. We've got this exciting opportunity actually in, in Phoenix, Phoenix that we'll, we'll talk about here. Yeah, I want to hear about it. But, so, we, um, so we got uh, eight buildings. We're working on the ninth, almost two million square foot of commercial real estate that we bought. In Arizona? No, no. we, we oh, bought total. this in, in these four markets. Yeah, so Two million over 2 million square foot, square foot. office buildings that we've acqu acquired, funded, and they're in various forms of construction. So. And so once you guys have an office building, you're talking about the big towers. Yeah. Like how, big how, towers. how many stories are these buildings? 20, 50 20. story buildings. Yeah. Okay. So then what are you doing with them? Once you acquire them, what's next? So, uh, I mean, as in pre-acquisition, you know, there's a lot of due diligence that goes in before we are, you know, shelving out. And of course, we're, we're mm. in these deals, several hundreds of thousands just doing due diligence, but yeah. before we're far enough to take, you know, a, a dollar from another third party, yeah. we do our due diligence, 
enough to make sure that, a this this can be uh, approved it can be converted the city will allow it so yeah we go through zoning verification and then we check uh you know mechanically electrically plumbing so just building. infrastructure of the building to see what we can salvage what we have to to replace in the mix uh, we look at lease agreements within with existing tenants to make sure they have relocation rights um, if not you know we we start talking to those tenants up ahead uh, to make sure in fact that we can get a nice block of, of floors yeah because what we don't want to do is to have a mixed-use building with all kinds of uses throughout the building uh, so we, we try to have you know apartments in, in a certain level of blocks in buildings that are huge, like 50-story yeah. buildings, yeah. it makes sense to keep a portion of it office. So mm -hmm. it may be already 30 or 40 percent occupied. We'll keep most of those tenants and then just have the remaining 70 or percent. You just want to kind of compress those tenants into, right. say, 15 floors, and then the other 30 apartment. floors are yeah, your... Right. We're trying to have at least 70 percent, 70, 75 percent housing. Yeah. And the rest is commercial. And it's also to help with financing, you know, when you try to, to get a, a really good loan, and that they want to sue more housing than commercial. Yeah. And there's a crisis behind this glass most people don't know. So in, in most downtowns of the U.S. and even across the world, uh, there is a, a vacancy of 20 30% in these office buildings. And yeah. that's a norm. And it's been like that since like the 80s where yeah. these huge towers were built less over time, right? You have smaller towers built in the last 10 yeah. years. So with that, you know, there's this opportunity of... Uh, buildings that are currently 30% occupied or 40% occupied, we come in, find a way to build up that other 60% and have the building overall holistically be 90% occupied. Yeah. yeah. This building we're sitting in right now is over 40% unoccupied. Jeez. That's right. Empty yeah. floors. That's right. Yeah, so we've we done some crazy stuff, right? The, so we bought a 17-story, 100% vacant in Cleveland, 550,000 square foot. So this is the story is crazy, right? Because at first, the owner was like, "Yeah, the value is like forty-eight mil, and then COVID hit. We we Oof. bought it for twenty-one. Dang, Dang, dude, that's a discount, right there. This was built in nineteen eighty-three as a headquarters for AT and T. Then they vacated the entire building was, and they built it for like sixty-eight million dollars. Yeah. So that's what the cost was back in 90, 1983. <laughs> well, so well, that's a deal, yeah, right so, there, man. So now that by the time we bought it, this is five sales later. Yeah. But so. yeah, by the time we bought it. First of all, the AT&T vacate, the old building left empty. We bought it for 21, so we we did a lot of stuff to make it like a like a potential housing. We complete the entitlement and stuff like that. Then the building got appraised for 48 before even we we swing any hammer. Crazy. Well, that's because yeah. we had the entitlement complete. Complete. So the key here is to get. It's just like raw land, right? Yeah, yeah. You have Once raw you land, an and then you've got paper lots. Yeah. It looks the same. But it's just on paper. It yeah. just you can do it now. Like yeah. it's, you're allowed to do immediately, that. right? Yeah. And you cut out that one year that it took you to do it for the next developer. Thus, mm -hmm. it appreciates value. So we do the yeah. same thing. We go through the entitlement process. So by the time we close on it, and we we have an appraisal done, you know, twice, right? Yes. So there's the process where before acquisition, there's another appraisal done, yeah, right before construction starts, yeah. yep. right? And so that's and there's uh, uh, several market reports that we study before we sort of come up with these assumptions as well. So then we took that building, we kept the first floors retail, mm -hmm. and then we put an 8,000 square foot gym because there's so much space. 
Then we put um, 16 story of housings, starting from the third floor all the way to 17 with penthouse. There's a lake view. We have a pool on the outside. On the 15th floor, the we're 15th dropping. Floor. We're going to actually fly out next month. To, uh, we're dropping a, a swimming pool on the on the 15th floor. Like with a helicopter? But it's not. That that would be cool. I asked. But <laughs> it's actually just a crane. Okay. But uh, it, it's still pretty cool. Uh, so And then it's actually overlooking Lake Erie. Where you're looking at That's Toronto cool. yeah. ahead, yeah, and uh, Buffalo, New York, you know, wow. so you're right there in the mix. I mean, there's a lot of activity in Cleveland, but um, we're happy to be there. We're looking at other assets there as well, but um, we we there are certain markets, certain states that we like better, landlord friendly states for sure, for sure. So, so I, I know a part of Blue Lofts are like the pods you guys developed. Yeah, are you doing that too? Because it sounds like you're fully building out these. So, the, so right, the, not right now. Yeah. We've sort of put that on pause. Mm -hmm. uh, that that is something that we are doing some. Art, we've, we're spending R and D efforts on. Okay. Um, so on, you're actually going in and doing the construction and building units into. So the, traditional construction. Yeah. So yeah. we didn't traditional. The, the pod was really we created that pod where our old business model was to lease space inside those office buildings. Yeah. Like the WeWork model. Mm -hmm. Then we after pitching to a few investors, we decided like the money is in a quality asset because you get the better financing. You have agency lending that can touch it, you know, and uh, you also build wealth along the way. Yeah. You know, you work with the cities and stuff like that. They like to see actual, you know, physical stuff that attached to the building. I'm so. sure the cities love you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. We meet the mayors. They give us recommendation letters. We get incentives. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of Because you're taking support. a building, like you said, 100% vacant. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a haven for crime, all sorts Absolutely. of problems, yeah. and it's ugly, and it's yeah. not bringing in the tax value the city wants. Yeah. And now you're turning it into a, a producing asset that's bringing life back to downtown. Yeah. Like, man. Right. Family living. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. They, Brilliant. I mean, in some cities, they like us more than others enough to give us they pause our taxes for 15 yeah. years for 15 years that's yeah. awesome yeah so this building you guys got a screaming deal on it i mean it seems like it would be a no-brainer but you still had to do all that due diligence that entitlement process for a year which i'm sure was a lot of money yeah. mm -hmm. plus you guys had to buy it for close on it for that 21 million how did you guys come up with funding to do the entitlement process to buy the building and all that where did where did that all come from so we do you know that million dollars that we made together <laughs> <laughs> you guys invested it way better than me bro <laughs> so, so yeah i mean we spent i think the first two years we took a pay cut mm -hmm. uh so yeah. from when we met you we were sort of in blue loss it was just a vision passion for yeah. us and then i guess two years into it we've spent pretty much all the money we made um cool. you know a few years working together mm -hmm. uh, uh together and then we took that and put it into Blue Lofts. We spent a lot of our sweat equity too. Like I said, we used to be brokers back then, or yeah. and and and, uh, and did development. So it sort of made sense. But then, you know, ultimately we can't do it without our investor circle, right? So yeah. without we go syndicate these these projects. So these are huge projects where we need thirty million dollars, you know. And mm -hmm. we try to put together ten, twenty million of that ourselves, where we bring it together with uh, with uh, certain. Uh, we, we don't take our developer fees. We take most of that and put that back in the deal. So there are certain things that we do to show that we've got our skin in the game and that also reduces the equity needed. So it's really, you know, $10 million that we need on a $100 million project. Yeah. So like that Cleveland project we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're able to take on a big asset, make a big change. It's worth, you know, almost double that at, at this point or when it's stabilized, right? So. Mm -hmm. 
ultimately we're building wealth. But what Blue Loft stands for is to build a community that is a live work, just an ecosystem that allows people to be, just be freely living either for a week or, sorry, for a short term, like a couple of months at a time or a couple of years at a time and be able to transfer within our community. So once we have it in every city, we'd be able to have all this connected through an app that, yeah. that Ike is building out right now. So there's a lot of interconnectivity mm-hmm. that's going to create a buzz and, and be able to have that community live within itself. So um, are these furnished units? No. No. So some of the units are going to be furnished. Yeah. It's like a very small portion. Uh, it's mainly for the residents to be able to book it for themselves if they're traveling to another city. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's for uh, them to book it for, you know, guests that they may have. Over. Yeah, but majority but ultimately, that, would th- that along with we want to have within our co-working spaces. So we have retail where it's, you know, uh, food hall, restaurant, that kind of space. And then, you know, second floor, you've got co-working, gyms, and then you've got uh, residents. So our members are going to be members, not just of that community, but our, our global community. That's awesome. So if we, so that goal, though, that was, that's the VC mindset where we just wanted communities everywhere mm-hmm. and, and be all about that, you know, venture capitalist side of the business. But we put that on pause to go build real estate because it was easier for us to fundraise real estate than it was for a brand new venture totally. that, that want to do something similar to WeWork or, yeah. or something Real estate's like easy to put money into. I mean, yeah. it's a safe yeah. place, yeah. you know, yeah. especially when you have operators like you guys, you know what they're doing. That's right. Um, so w- when your guys have a gym and a food hall and all this going in, I'm assuming you're putting out space for lease for like a restaurant and yep. for a gym. Retail. Yes. You guys yep. are just have it leasing this out to people. You're not managing any of that. Yeah. So we are not yet, but okay. we're looking for someone who uh, is, you know, very business savvy, right? Who understands franchises because we have a lot of friends who have different franchises of, of certain so. sort and they want to have that establishment there. So it's, you know, if we can sort of put that together it, you know, we were looking at a project right now. If it's it's with ten thousand square foot of actual space, uh, get some ten kiosks or ten uh, kiosks for for restaurants. And mm-hmm. So it's built in. It's all ready to go. Grease traps are ready to go. So the business owner, the restaurant owner, can just focus on the food. Yeah. And just building their brand. Yeah, that's awesome. And so we can do that in our building. Help, yeah. the, you know, help the community also yeah. build. So so we we try to 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 bring different way to increase your NOI. That's in the future, right? So the traditional way is you have a retail space, you put a fully sign. Mm-hmm. But the hotel folks, they really understand the game. They don't lease, they open their own restaurant. If you look mm-hmm. at the way a hotel developer looking at a deal, they they have rooms, they also have a restaurant that they operate themselves to a third party and they put a cap rate on a restaurant Mm -hmm. income coming in so let's say like you have a really nice steakhouse they're making two million a year net income on the restaurant instead of just leasing it to a third party when they put a five or six cap on a restaurant that increase the property value Mm -hmm. so let me give you an example like let's today you have retail space instead of putting like 19 dollars a foot a year but if you bring in a Chick-fil-A that you pay 800000 you pay that franchise fee, you have people just managing that. The Chick-fil-A alone is making minimum like a million five net income a year to you. It's way better than just for this bucks time. a square that's foot. So, yeah, and better. now you put a cap rate on that revenue that's coming mm-hmm. from the Chick-fil-A, 
Now and that one point five million of revenue turns yeah. into what twenty x that something yes. like that. So okay, now it's an extra thirty million dollars. Damn. Sounds good. Because Instead of just a lease. Otherwise, we would sign these long-term 10, 20-year leases, and they get advantage of that. And then the problem is not even just financial. It's even just not being able to control the, the vibe. Yeah. Right? If you just start signing any any lease that, that comes in, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you just start having tenants in that you may not want that, totally. that really goes with yeah. your... With yeah, it's what they do in Vegas. So, like, all the different shops you see in there, they all profit share with the casinos that uh-huh. they're in. Yeah. It's all, it's it, they are individually operated, but that but profit, profit share, yeah. you know that they're cap rating that right. and saying yeah. that's a function of our value. That's that's Because it is. You, casino is drawing everybody in. Yeah. Your guys' community is going to draw everybody in. Yeah. And that's what makes the restaurant or the gym or whatever work. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't you see value yeah, from that? Monetizing. Without you, it doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Like a typical class, they don't do that. Like the, if you see those really multifamily, they still, hey, let's just build amenities. But the hotel, like in Vegas, they really understand how to monetize the, all that. And hotels that. in general, right? It's like, I think yeah. it's one third of the gross income of a hotel Come food deal and comes from food and beverage. One third. One third. Or more, I think. Wow. Uh, it, it depends on it depends on how big that is. So. Yeah. Vegas, where it's casino and you've got food and beverage, you know, it's, it's a whole different You're situation. making money from your hotel, your casino, and your food That's and beverage right. is crushing Better than that? <laughs> we looked at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about Crown? Or we're not going to tell you the name, but we looked at a hotel that they have that so many different, uh, they have clubs, nightclubs, and there's caps on everything. That, that owner is making, you know, it, it's, it's uh, revenue on just about, there's like seven or eight different. Different businesses. Different businesses running the building. On the profit share. No. So then. No. Then on a, on a different revenue generator is because we're in downtown, we try to increase our NOI is to using those building as billboard hats where you Billboards. can yeah. where you can put hats on the building somewhere yep. and milk that to different <laughs> companies who want to advertise on that digital yeah. billboard. Yeah. Yep. Like the New York model, when you're in Manhattan, there's the owners there that I was reading a story, his building is like 5% occupied, then... Is billboard that you have the giant one that's bringing like a million a month. There's no way <laughs> are you gonna compete with that no. on tenant, right? Like the one they have at Grandscape. Yeah. You seen that nice LED screen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's that's our vision, right? Where we we have those downtown really premium iconic building. You know, the more we we grow investor base, we're gonna start introducing a way to to 3x our NOI more than just a resident on the building. Yeah, that's brilliant. So if I'm a resident. Or what do you guys, you got to call them residents or guests or community members? No, you're still a tenant. Tenant. So when you got a tenant, and I'm a tenant of yours in Cleveland, and I want to make a trip to Dallas for a week for business, I can come come and stay at your building in Dallas in one of the furnished units for a week. Right. And that's part of the community. Right. As a member, that's a benefit that you you get. They'll be like, pull this up a little bit. I said, oh, as a a member. Can you hear me? As a member, uh, that's one of the benefits you get. That's super cool. And so once you guys are nationwide or, or yeah. even global in some other major yeah. markets, right. then it becomes a huge benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I, right I now we're working on our ninth or, or tenth project. So, yeah. so it's, it's already kind of connected, I think, with yeah. a few more I mean, markets will be there. Phoenix and Dallas have a lot of connections. There's a lot yes. of business that happens between those two markets. Chicago and Dallas as well. I mean, Atlanta and Dallas, maybe a little less so, but still, there's yeah, a lot of connection. You guys are starting to fill in some areas. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix, it's exciting. Phoenix is such, when we touched on there, like, you feel safe in downtown. That yeah. Downtown is so clean. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Yo, like, man, everybody dress nice. This is like okay. a casual, you know, Tuesday. Yeah. There's no trash. I was, you know, whatever the city is doing out there, they're doing a great okay. job. You know, it's 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 such a beautiful city. Then you you feel like, hey, you come invest here, you know, but you cannot break in that city by just buying land. It's gonna be too much, too expensive. But our strategy to convert office, we've been able to pick up a, a really good office that's empty, maybe thirty percent occupied, and convert that into housing and still be in downtown Phoenix. Yeah, are you going to replace that location by just <coughs> Go and acquire land is going to be hard. Yeah, very difficult. Yeah. I mean, yeah, very difficult. So, how are you guys finding these buildings that are thirty percent occupied? Are you the same are you way doing, we're finding houses? You doing? <laughs> are you doing marketing direct to sellers, or are you doing uh, uh, right hitting up brokers, or right now have, they're coming to us? Yeah, right? buying. Uh, yeah, we have a, a quite a f- uh, few articles now. That yeah. sort of every time we buy a building, there's a few articles. So, uh, over time, we've just had just people just bring it to our attention now. And I think, but in the beginning, we, because we were, again, brokers, uh, we know how to go into a market and just sort of put the word out there and just start finding deals and just, you know, yeah. I guess making friends with the right people yeah. to make yeah. sure and, uh, you uh, get in on these deals early enough. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, well, there's a New York uh, building owner that reached out to me on LinkedIn the other day when there's not a lot of people that are really out there converting up because it's hard converting yeah. office into multi. Yeah. So when they do those SEO research, they see Blue Loft is coming up. You reach out to me, you own a building in Manhattan, beautiful asset, like uh, maybe 800,000 square foot. Toward the tenant, vacate the building, they cancel the lease, they end up with this giant building empty. And and I ask him, how much you pay for it? They, put, they bought it like a long time ago. They paid. Three hundred million for that asset. <laughs> now it's hundred percent vacant. They're trying to figure out how to convert it and stuff like that. I was like, dude, New York. I was like, man, that's a lot of square footage. And then and in New York, you know, it's I, I don't know anything about the permitting process and stuff. Those are just the kind of issue those guys are going through right now. You Have know? you? And then it's it's not a landlord friendly state. So no. I would say you go through all that all those challenges. Uh, and then you get it there. You yeah. Know, you're yeah. still, yeah. Uh, have you guys ever read, so I'm going to say a naughty word for some people, but yeah. have you guys ever read um, Trump-style negotiations? <laughs> yeah. I've read The Art of Negotiation. Or, uh, the Art of the Deal is the deal. a really good book. So his attorney, George Ross, wrote a book called Trump-style negotiations. Yeah. And it's all about how Trump did, and a lot of it focuses around Trump's first real estate deal, which was in Manhattan. And he took a building that was, I, I think, vacant and, and basically falling apart and turned it into the first Trump Tower and made and had the Hyatt Lisa. I mean, he had to, it's fascinating, the amount of groups he had to get to. I mean, he had to get the railroad, I think the yeah. post office, obviously the city, the building next door, he needed sky rights from them. I mean, the list of problems he had to overcome and surmount to make that work, no matter how you feel about him from a political standpoint, yeah. What he was able to do there was incredible. And wow. it sounds like you guys are in a lot of ways modeling what he's doing, but with a, a broader vision. Yeah. And it's really impressive. Like yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. I would you guys would Thanks. I think be fascinated by that book because it's so similar to what you're doing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. So what's uh it sounds like I would ask normally what's next, but it sounds like you guys have the next uh, a lot of next opportunities already laid out. You guys are the focus now is growing the real estate portfolio, yeah. and that will then enable you 
to build out this community, basically? I think it goes hand in hand, right? So while we are doing that, I think we're going to be able to do this in it within our communities. Exciting. So right now, our, our we're, we're in our growth stage. So we're constantly... Um, Seeking new buildings. There's we only pick the great deals because there's so many deals right now for office conversion. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we pick the deal where the seller is motivated. He can also discount the price. Stay in the deal where there's a city can work with us. Yeah. You know we have an incentive available for the conversion and the market a strong market where there's a lot of rental demand. And um, so we try to do at least two or three deals like this a year. You know and uh, and. The, the number of units is between 100 to 300. The biggest is 367 in one building. Jeez, so uh, we just try to take advantage of the crisis right now. Let's, yeah. let's say how it's far getting we can worse. push it. It's yeah. going to like, from everything that I'm seeing, it's supposed to get a lot worse before it gets better. But but at the same yeah. time, apartment demand, it's, it's increasing. Yes. So there's still a shortage and there's going to be a shortage for the next 10 years. I mean, it's so brilliant because there's this space. It's built. It exists there and it's not being used. Yeah anywhere near its full capacity yeah. and you're saying hey we're going to grab this vacant empty extra space we're going to make it fully used like right. it's 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 really yeah. very smart I, thanks i like it that means a lot coming from me yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well um how do people find out more about you and get in touch with you Bluelofts.io. Io. That's uh, and our you can follow us on, on social media as well where do they find you on social media uh, instagram it's blueloft.io we mm -hmm. dare on LinkedIn, it's Ike Bems. Uh, you can reach out to us there. And my email is I, B as in boy, A as in apple, M as in Mary, and S as in Sam at rentblueloft with a S dot com. Or they can reach out to you, Lance. You can give them myself. I'll, I'll link them with you. So we'll put all that in the show notes for okay. you guys so they can get in touch with you. Um, anything else? Any other way to reach out to you? What are you guys looking for? You looking for more investors? You looking uh, for more deals? Right, both? right now, we're trying to grow our investor base. Yeah. Um, more investors. Yeah, more I investor. think we're turning down eighty percent of the deals that come out. How many deals you guys look at? So the it, it's it's uh, I mean, like you said, we're only buying three, right, a year. Yeah, so that's so, what I'm asking. Like, how many do you think you, know, you look at in a year? Oh, uh, easy 20, 25. 20 oh wow. Least. I mean, last year probably more than that, but. I think we were just sort of at a point where we were looking at every deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but this year, we we're very selective. I mean, we sort of now when we look at the building with, with certain characteristics of the building, where it's positioned, how the plates are, we just know that there are certain challenges that, you know, by the time you put everything together and you get your construction budget, you know it's going to be way off the top. And you, you don't want to spend too much just building out the building if in that market you can't sell it or something, you know, yeah. later down the road, yeah. 10 years or, yeah. or so in the road. So, yeah, so we, we reach out to more investors. Our, our typical return is we, we're not touching a deal if people cannot make two, two to three extra fund. So, and uh, we also give them a prep return while we're building the, the project when there's no cash flow. And there's a lot of tax advantages because uh, uh, 80, 90% of our deals are located in Opportunity Zone. So they get so all those tax benefits and um, they also depreciation with the amount of renovation that we, we do on the project. They also do something good for the community. It's just not like another investment. So let's let's say you you have we just bought two assets in downtown Fort Worth. Those two buildings used to be underutilized for a decade. When we met with the city of Fort Worth it was like, well, what vision our vision for the city of Fort Worth we want to make look like Dallas in the future but those two buildings just in the way you know we want somebody to do 
something with it. So the has to go there, buy those two assets. And if you're an investor, you from from or you're gonna feel really connected to that building totally. because we're coming, we change the community. We have family living there. Those people they'll be spending the money in town. They'll go to the bar, restaurant, retail. You have family. There's a university that just built there. Then you just invest. You also some do something good for your community. You grow the community. Then it's just a win-win scenario. Like yeah, like like company name. Mm. What, what's the worst part of it? Like I am only hearing upside. Like what, yeah. what's the downside? There's got to be some negative. There, there is. Yeah, oh, it's very stressful. You see this one <laughs> here that you didn't see before. Yeah. yeah well, it, that happened in a few it's, years. It just um, uh, we we think the downside one is the cost where you did not budget well where. You budget X, then your costs come at X, yeah. and you have this deficit. That's one of the downsides. And um, but we we have a solution against that. Is that the, our solution is to to make sure the building have incentive available before we we touch the building. So even the cost is higher, the incentive grow with that cost. So mm. let, let's say we we work with the city, and they say okay, we're gonna spend twenty million here. We need X from you guys. And if they do a formula based on the budget we're going to spend, and if we end up spending 25, you know, the the, the amount of incentive as well grow with that. Go up with it. Yeah, um, um, there's also ways to sort of get better at your pricing too. So we've yeah. started building relationships directly with vendors of manufacturers like Bosch. We're good friends with them to where we're getting it directly from them. Yeah. Um, we've got most of our supplies, our materials are directly uh, sourced through through either a supplier or direct to the manufacturer. Yeah. So this allows us to get some great deals. You know, keep our costs sort of controlled. Of course, you know the cost in every city when you rebuild the MEP infrastructure or something like yeah. that. That's going to vary a little bit, but that's where we do a lot of our due diligence up front. We go in guns blazing. With our architects, our engineers, our consultants, they go in to, to fully sort of analyze it and figure out what all we have to do way before we have to get yeah. into the. So another downside as well can be the interest rate moving. Oh yeah, man, that's like that's the killing a lot of deals, right? Real estate right now. So uh, let's say you budget four percent refi, then your your refinance now is six percent. What do you do? So. So the, the good thing with adapter reuse, our basis is low in the asset alone. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, you have so much in between the asset and the value after it's value. So you can still reduce your LTV on the refinance uh, stage to still be able to uh, yep. take the, the higher rate. And there's also like a government program called the HUD 221D4. So basically it's a construction, pro, uh, construction loans that take you from the beginning the, right now we see like a uh, 6% rate instead of the typical 9% that you yeah. see everywhere. Mm -hmm. But it's 40 years amortization in 10 oh, years wow. term. You don't have to yeah. refinance. If the interest rate dip, they just reduce the, the mortgage equity payment. required is much it's less. less. But on our deals, we don't like to over leverage. We're, we're closer to 65% yeah. anyway. But yeah. uh, on those, you can go much higher than that. So yeah. It, the only drawback with that HUD D two two one for everyone, take a year. It takes a year. Yeah, take a year to close. So if yeah. if you can either, you know, have a motivated seller that gives you the time, yeah. which we're thankful we do get some sometimes, or you know, you just have to be able to get most of that done before. Crazy. I can see where uh, I can see where that could get stressful every now and then. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, tens of millions of dollars and uh, waiting waiting for a year on Uncle Sam to do his thing. <laughs> but it, it's exciting too, you know. Yeah. Where every day is different for us now. Yeah. Um, yesterday we were watching a three D of the fifteenth floor where we're doing that that rooftop swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's this community room when you come out, and so we're able to see it, you know, in the future. And just you know, Ike is like, I don't like that, you know. And we're changing out stuff. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, being a developer is cool. It. Yeah, that's it's, very cool. It's it's, it's, it's when you uh, I, I don't get excited when I used to be excited when you see those really classy. You buy them like uh, all stabilized, but you get more excited when you see from nothing on paper. Mm-hmm. Now tomorrow you can touch the the first yeah. time when we touch a live unit that we'll see on paper. That feeling was mm-hmm. it different. You know, it's like the ultimate value add. Yeah, you know, you're taking something that's trash, or borderline trash, and you're yeah. making it like the new gold. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's, I love it. I love it. Sure. Well, great guys. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for being on the on the pod with me. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to watching more of what you guys do. Hopefully, participating in some way at some point again. That was fun. What we did somewhere. back in 2017. So, welcome again. You guys know where to find them. We'll link it in the show notes. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate the time today, guys. Thank hey, you, Lance. Thank you. Thanks for your time.